Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good Friday morning, Wright Huang. Good morning, Michelle. All right, let's start the morning with a positive earnings report and a potentially bullish sign for the U.S. economy. The big box retailer Walmart is reporting strong second quarter earnings, netted almost eight billion U.S. dollars this in three months from April to June, and that is fifty-three percent better than a year earlier. And unlike its competitor Target, rising. Prices have really not hurt Walmart sales. So what strikes you when you look at Walmart's numbers? Yeah, when you walk to Walmart, it is huge. And a lot of stuff they sell, well, I think will appeal to bargain hunters. There's a lot of value stuff. You've got the household brands. And of course, the groceries. Most people in the US will go to Walmart to pick up their household stuff, necessities, right? And this is where I think Walmart is a winner. Mm. So more than half of its annual revenue comes from groceries, but when you think about Wal- when you think about its rival Target, the grocery portion only makes up about twenty percent. When you walk into the Target store, you probably see more clothes, more electronics, that sort of stuff. So the composition of what they sell is slightly different, and I think Walmart is coming out on top with the current backdrop, which is rising costs of living, you know, pressures on consumers. So people are turning more to value items, and on this front, Walmart is coming out ahead on this earnings season. I have to say I agree with you. If you look at the numbers, food sales account for more than half of Walmart's annual revenue and these sales are solid. The company's online presence is expanding as well. Walmart's e-commerce sales jumped nearly 25%. Investors initially applauded Walmart's performance. Its shares popped in the early trading session before profit-taking kicked in. Walmart shares ended down to a quarter percent. Now next up, this morning on the earnings parade is the networking giant Cisco Systems. It is reporting its strongest revenue growth in a decade. Cisco grossing more than 15 billion US dollars during the past financial quarter, 16% more than a year earlier. So what is behind Cisco's success and is it really sustainable? Yeah, that is an interesting set of results. So you've got Cisco doing well in that quarter and that was due to price hikes. So we are talking about 10% price hikes across the board in the early part of 2022 mm. is now paying off and it is seeing that uh, being reflected in the revenue jump of around 10.6% and you have gross income jumping quite similarly 11% up. So that is thanks to prices going up and being passed on to its customers. Then the question is, can it continue to ride on this momentum? And going by some of the expectations, it does look like probably not because of all the um, uncertainty that's around the horizon. Um, It is a very unclear picture if this can be sustained. So Cisco appears to have been able to raise prices more than its costs have risen. Shares of Cisco Systems rose more than 3% overnight. In fact, they're up 15% since the beginning of the year. I'm going to switch to the luxury goods sector now. Uh, Tapestry, the company that owns the Coach, Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman brands, is reporting earnings. How is Tapestry doing? Yeah, Tapestry, if you are familiar with the parent company, it is the umbrella for Coach. Kate Spade and more brands I don't know because I don't really go shopping on this um, luxury front. So they um, actually made money but 
weaker than expected earnings. So let's look at the numbers. And you have um, sales at $1.619 billion. Mm-hmm. Not too bad, but it's down from a year ago, which was 1.62. Uh, so that is the drag coming through from U.S. consumers spending less. And I think um, if you look at what I've been talking about with Walmart, people are gravitating away from these big ticket items towards more value stuff, at least in this coming, at least in these quarters. Uh, so that is being reflected with um, Tapestry's latest earnings. The U.S. consumer weighing on things like luxury handbags. So Tapestry shares down 1% in after-hours trade. They've fallen more than 20% over the past three months. Expensive handbags not looking like they're top of the list for uh, consumers. If we take a step back, what lessons do you think that we can draw from the earnings of these three companies? You mentioned a few there, Walmart, Cisco and Tapestry. Yeah, so I think the overall lesson here is uh, different companies have different appeals to the different type of consumers. And if you look at Walmart, it's definitely being able to hold on to some of its um, loyal customers in that sense. Those who are looking for bargains, they are still going to Walmart. Uh, Tapestry, not being able to make as much because people are gravitating away from big ticket items. I think this could be the trend uh, to watch if um, you've got the US consumer willing to spend on these things. And this could spell... Uh, be a bellwether at least for similar companies in the luxury space as well as in the value space. Uh, so it is starting to be uh, fragmented in the, on the front. You know, Consumers mm-hmm. are starting to decide what they want to spend on. So a luxuries loss be values gain. Interesting. Let's take a step back and look at broader markets now. Stock on Wall Street finished lower for the third straight session overnight. The Nasdaq dropped by more than 1%. The Dow and the S&P 500 closed in the red as well. August definitely appears to be on track to be the worst month of the year for stocks. So far anyway, rising yields are leading many investors to switch into bonds. Now, another worrying trend is that American savings, which were built up during the pandemic, may be nearly exhausted. The Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco has published a report about American savings almost being depleted. What does it say? Yeah, in short, um, they are saying whatever was saved up during the past few, uh, past few years when people could not go anywhere, had little to spend on, you no, know, you didn't really need makeup or new clothes when everyone was on Zoom. So all that money was being kept in the coffers in your piggy bank. And then when the pandemic uh, eased up, people started to spend. And that could be one reason why perhaps the recession everyone was talking about did not happen because mm. a lot of money was still flowing and coming from these savings. You now people were spending big. And then the question is, how long can that last? Because it's not a bottomless hole of savings, right? So this is where the latest survey from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco is saying these savings are starting to run out. And this could mean that consumers could start to change their spending habits at least. And I think talking about how people are gravitating towards more value stuff, I think that trend could accelerate. If you don't have as much savings as before, you could see people cut back on travel, on TVs and handbags. 
Take it easy on the handbags, right? <laughs> uh, one more note about U.S. stocks. Analysts say we should expect a lot of volatility tonight. The triple witching is upon us. Yes, it is a real term. We've talked about it over the years. What's your primer this year? What's triple witching? Yeah, triple witching happens once every quarter. And this is when you have the options contracts for stocks, for futures, for indexes, all of them expiring. So investors have to decide what they want to do. Do they want to roll it over or get out of the market? And there's going to be a lot of buying and selling during this session. And that is why typically this session is so choppy and volatile. And these buying and selling of options, for example, could just lead to very exaggerated price movements. So if you are trading short term, it can catch you out on your um, price expectations if you've got stop losses or um, anything that you're trying to watch out for in terms of levels, you could see some spikes. Yeah, traders are bracing for a lot of volatility tonight. $2.2 trillion worth of stock options expiring. So we'll keep an eye out on those expirations. In the meantime, one follow-up note to say that a story that we talked about right here on Market View um, yesterday about China's Zhongqi Enterprise Group. Well, protesters gathered outside the company in Beijing earlier this week after it stopped making payments on its investments. Well, Chinese police officers have reportedly visited the homes of Chongqi investors, urged them to not protest anymore. At the same time, the company is reportedly planning to restructure its debt and it's hired KPMG to conduct an audit of its balance sheet. All right, I wanted you to be up to date with the latest. Let's bring the conversation to Singapore, where we return to the big money laundering bus that has netted more than $1 billion in seized property, cash and luxury goods. Now, some analysts think this could just be the tip of the iceberg. The Monetary Authority of Singapore, meanwhile, says it will take firm action against any financial institution that has breached anti-money laundering and anti-terrorism rules. Just to be clear, we have no indications yet that a FI, financial institution has breached these rules, right, Ryan? Yeah, but you would probably think someone is involved, right? Because it's $1 billion. If you read articles in the Business Times and the Straits Times, it's on the front page. Mm -hmm. It is a lot to unpack and it's quite fascinating because of the scale. $1 billion of assets. And these are being housed in GCBs, cast bungalows, and it's not just cash. You've got also in the mix jewellery. You've got bare bricks as well. These are very fancy bears that go for high prices. And a lot of other stuff like watches. So it's a very interesting, I think, discussion now. Do you need more regulations around non-cash items to just look after the anti-money laundering um, issues that uh, you want to prevent, right? Because this is something that you want to watch very closely. How the, uh, some of these um, money launderers are escaping or bypassing some of these loopholes. Uh, so if you look at the banks in question now, yes. it does appear Citigroup, it's Singapore subsidiary, and CIMB Group are among the banks being highlighted as being involved at least somehow this entire money laundering case. So they are likely to well, see a lot of questions being asked at least, um, how they managed to get involved, what sort of due diligence they did when they were working with these 
um, suspects. So that is um, going to see them under pressure at least. Yeah, lots of pressure uh, on the, on uh, more information for this case as well. Ten foreign nationals have been charged in court, including the former director of the seafood chain No Signboard. So this is the latest in a series of bad headlines for No Signboard. It's been struggling financially and their shares have been suspended. No Signboard's former CEO has also been accused of stock market manipulation. In other crime-related news, OCBC and Singapore Police Force say they have prevented successfully more than $20 million in SMS scams. What's the latest here? Uh, Yeah. Ah, that is a big sum, $22.4 million. So mm. congratulations and well done, OCBC and the police force. So this is where I think you and I have, to some extent, been also receiving some of these SMSs, trying to dupe consumers to click on links or to do something to the effect that will see you reveal or divulge your information to a third party. So they have managed to detect some of these efforts and in some cases, prevent them from happening. And in some cases, prevent them from um, continuing um, ongoing scams. So the police have managed to alert a large number of these scam victims and prevent further losses. So definitely something that is um, evolving and um, a very important campaign uh, to help people be more aware what are some of these new um, ways that scammers are trying to scam you. Yeah, I almost fell into a scam. Somebody sent me a link uh, to get tickets on Carousel for Taylor Swift's concert. How did it go? Clicked so you've on got that. to click. Oh, okay. And what happens when you click on it? And then I went to website and then shortly after, it was in the news that uh, it, you, you didn't get any tickets. You lost a lot of money, but you didn't get any tickets. All right. So what gave it away? How do you figure out it was a scam? Um... No, I'm just really wary about resellers. Ah, okay. You know. Yeah, that is the thing, right? You can't really tell sometimes. Sometimes you can, but it is very difficult sometimes because they become so sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Time now for corporate news. We do it up or down style. First up, smartphones. The smartphone industry seems to be hurting. What do you think? Yeah, so I am going down. It does look like quite a bad year for smartphones. Mm -mm. Going by this research for CounterPoint, it is flagging that this year would be the worst in a decade. So it will be down 6% in terms of shipments to $1.15 billion or 1.15 billion units. Mm -hmm. Uh, So not a great, I guess year for anyone selling iPhone or selling smartphones. Exactly. Let's take a closer look at that report. So poor sales in the US and China seem to be dragging down the shipments of smartphones. In fact, in China alone, smartphone purchases off by about 40% from their peak levels. And according to this piece of research that we're referring to counterpoint research, smartphone shipments are set to fall to their lowest level in a decade. So down for smartphones overall, but what about Apple? All right, I'm going with an up for Apple. <laughs> so when you think about the Apple ecosystem, they have been quite lucky because if you've got an Apple iPhone, mm. you'll probably upgrade to another Apple iPhone. And this is where it has an advantage over the Android phone because if you've got a Samsung, maybe you might think about f- upgrading to a new Android phone which might not be a Samsung. So this is where iPhone has an advantage and it could be, in that sense, a winner of the entire slump, still being able to hold on to 
some is loyal followers. So I think it's an up for Apple. I join you with that up. Apple's certainly bucking the trend. We talked about things looking down for smartphones a little earlier. Not for Apple. Sales of its high-end iPhones are proving to be quite resilient. In fact, for the first time ever, Apple is positioning itself to take top spot in terms of global smartphone shipments per year. Of course, this is going to depend in part to how the new iPhone 15 is received when it launches in the fourth quarter. But for now, I'm going to give Apple an up. Next up, let's look at Capital and Ascenders Reit. All right, so this is up for me because mm. it's got a new data center in the UK. And this will be its fifth data center at a price tag of around $210 million. So it will expand its data center investments in Britain by 54%. Look at that. I join you with this up for Capital and Ascenders REIT. On the back of that purchase of the new data center, the fifth such facility for the company in the UK, it is paying a bit more than $200 million for it. Company officials say that they expect this acquisition to provide a continuous income stream. It's going to help grow its distribution to unit holders. Marco Polo Marine is next on our list. What are you looking at? Up All or down? Right. I am looking at... Up and this is after the latest earnings, and we are seeing gross profit up forty-seven point two percent to fourteen point two million dollars, and this is off the back of more sales, uh, to the tune of a jump of twenty-nine percent to thirty-six point eight million. So a bit of a recovery in the industry, especially in the offshore vessel market. Mm. Plus margins are going up now at thirty-eight point seven percent from. 33.9% previously. So, a good quarter for Marco Polo Marine. Definitely an up from me as well. Marco Polo Marine shipyard and ship chartering business seem to both be growing. I mean, overall, look, the marine logistics company's profits jumping by more than 47% during the last quarter. Fantastic for Marco Polo Marine. All right. Now... For our last word today, we are going to all travel to San Francisco, where autonomous driverless cars have become a pretty common sight. San Francisco, you see, is a real testbed for the tech industry. And just last week, California regulators voted to allow for the expansion of these driverless taxi services around the clock, 24 hours a day. Local officials, some, are concerned. And this next story seems to feed into that concern. Uh, quite ironic, because earlier this week, a driverless vehicle that belongs to a GM subsidiary drove itself into uh, works, you know, construction works and got stuck in wet cement. Mm. Have you seen this car? <laughs> yeah, car. I'm looking at a picture <laughs> and it is just like you described. One wheel, at least two, stuck in wet cement. So it's a bit tilted forward <sighs> and I'm not sure how it's going to get out of this pickle. Yeah, it drove itself into this particular um, paving project and it's going to have to redo this paving project, the company, on its dime, by the way. Uh, another mishap occurred just a week ago where as many as 10 of this company, they're called Cruise, by the way, ironic, right? Um, 10 cruise vehicles, none with a driver, decided to stop near a music festival in San Francisco, <laughs> North Beach, and they caused a jam. Apparently, connectivity issues were to blame. Maybe the cars just felt like some live music at Maybe. that time. <laughs> Wi-Fi failure, so connectivity <laughs> issues among, I think, some problems um, we have to take into account when we have these driverless cars. Maybe it's our fault, right? We didn't program them smart enough, so it's mm. our fault. Would you sit in one yet? I wouldn't mind if 
the price is right, so it will free me up to do my thing rather than keeping my eye on the road. So it, why not? The price is right. I don't think I'm ready to sit in a car with nobody behind the wheel just yet. I'd like to iron out these algorithms, see less of these kinds of... Uh, Stories first, Ryan. I'm a little bit cautious. And anyway, if anybody wants a thrill ride, just get in the car with me. <laughs> Look at the scratches on my dashboard. Uh, hey, it's time to, uh, to give a very special shout out today, Ryan. Oh, why? Uh, tomorrow is this very special person's birthday. Special person's his, that? his name is Dan Cole. He works on this show. I know that name. Dan Cole. Yes. The producer of Your Money. Mm, happy birthday. You still look 16. Yeah, how does he do it? I'm not sure. He saw his haircut today. That's how he does it. Yeah, so... Trendy. You and Dan are going to be on leave, so enjoy yourselves. Thank you very much. Ryan Huang will hold the fort for you, everybody. Continue to tune in, please. Happy birthday, dear Dan. Uh, That happens tomorrow, by the way. You've been listening to Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.